I want to talk tonight about the name of Jesus. The name of Jesus. We already used it. We saw a demonstration of that just, just a moment ago. And how in speaking and doing all in that name releases the power of God in our lives. I want us to look at Philippians chapter 2 verse 9. Therefore God also has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name. That at the name of, come on help me somebody. Name of Jesus, every knee should bow of those in heaven and those on earth and those under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. There's never been any other name that is named that has that kind of force and power in the earth, under the earth, and above the earth. The cosmos, the universes, his name is all-powerful. That means that his name is above all other names. So if there is sickness and disease in your life tonight, it has a name. They'll give it a name. So you've got to remember that his name is higher than that name. Come on, somebody. And by the way, his name is higher than divorce. Come on, divorce has a name. God can give you a second chance. Come on, somebody say Amen. Just thought I'd throw that out there. Hallelujah. And I'll tell you this, that his name is so powerful that, that you can use his name and you will see it. If you just do it intermittently at work or at the movies or wherever you happen to be at the mall, just say Jesus. Your Jesus won't be like the world's Jesus. They say Jesus Christ, and that's a cuss word, right? When we say Jesus Christ, there's a whole different force behind it. And people will go, what in the world? What's going on? You feel there's an atmospheric change. There's something that happens with his name. You can talk about God all day long and hardly anybody's going to get offended by it. Talk about Jesus, you will find right now those that are drawn to him and those that want to get away from him. Why? Because he is the light of the world. Amen. And he being the light of the world means he's, he exposes everything that's in darkness. And the Bible is very clear. Men love darkness rather than life. And they don't want the light to come to expose their evil deeds. So, yes, there's power in that name. When I was an eight-year-old kid, I contracted, and I'm not sure how this happened. Obviously, it was through the bloodline somewhere. And it was an incurable blood disease. And it had two long German names that I can't pronounce. And um, incurable means they can't cure it. And so they keep finding different methods of, of coping with it, but they can't can't cure it. And uh, it caused me to fall. I, I would lose my, um, my, my power in my legs. I would fall. I broke out in what looked like measles or liver spots that were red uh, all over my body. Um, you would have to have tra blood transfusions. It can weaken your immune system and you can die. So it's a, it was a very rare disease. And um, my parents were just newly saved and going to this church and and there were some crazy Pentecostal people in this church that believed in the power of prayer in the name of Jesus. And they, they were making their rounds. And so they found out that I was in the hospital. Amen. They didn't have a ministry that was even sanctioned by the church. They just came, found out about that I was there. They went into hospitals all the time and prayed for people. And so here I am, this eight-year-old kid, and these two older men walked into my room, didn't know them from Adam. And they came in and said, hi, we're so-and-so and so-and-so -and -so from, from your church. I said, oh, okay, I know the church. That's our new, that was our new church at the time. And uh, we were 
would like to pray with you. I said, okay. And he said, we, they said, we believe, and I'll never forget this, we believe in the power of the Lord Jesus Christ, that he still heals today. And they begin to, they begin to quote the scriptures. They take the Bible, they would read it, and they would show me what was in the Bible. And one of the scriptures I remember was this out of Hebrews that says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. If Jesus was a healer then, he's a healer today. If he's a healer today, he's planning to be a healer tomorrow. He doesn't change. And then begin to walk me through, by his stripes, you uh, are healed. Um, and that, that was in the Old Testament. And in the New Testament, by your stripes, you were healed, which when Jesus went to the cross, come on, your healing was already paid for. So they were building my faith. The Word of God is what builds your faith. And so they said, we're going to pray for you. Would that be okay? We, I said, of course. And they prayed for me. And they laid hands on me. I don't remember feeling um, like it was wrong or bad or anything. I never felt anything. I don't remember feeling any of that. I was just happy to be prayed for. And they prayed for me. And I remember saying, in the name of Jesus, we rebuke this sickness and disease and command it to come out in the out of this boy's body in Jesus' mighty name. Now, believe you're healed. I said, okay. And I just say it. I'm healed. I'm healed. You're healed, son. Okay, I'm healed. Well, in 21 days after that moment, my, the, the spots on my body began to slowly disappear. They couldn't figure out what was going on. They kept running tests going, something's happening here. Next thing you know, Three weeks later, I was completely out of that hospital. Never again had a problem. Come on, my children don't have a problem. My grandbabies won't have. Come on, somebody. There's power in the name of Jesus. Now, notice that in Philippians 2, it says that that name of Jesus causes everything in heaven, on earth, and in hell to become subservient to his name. That gives you authority in three worlds. Say, I got authority in three worlds. Church, God has not left us here without any say, nor has he left us here for him to do all the work for us. Come on, somebody. He wants to work with us and work through us and in his name. Luke 10, 19, behold, I give you authority, the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. He made it very clear, you're not going to get hurt, but I will give you authority. Colossians 2, 9, for in him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, speaking to Jesus, and you are complete in him who is the head of all principality and power. There's power in him. John 16, 23, and Jesus says, in that day, you will ask me nothing. Most assuredly, I say to you, whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give you. Now, just note this right now. Is Jesus Christ a liar? If he said it, it's got to be the truth. It doesn't matter what it looks like. That is the truth. That's the authority that you've been given by the Almighty God. Now, I want us to look at a perfect prayer that Paul prayed in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 17. That the, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation. By the way, I pray this over you every single day. The spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe, exceeding greatness of power, according to the working of his mighty power, which... Uh, he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in heavenly places, far above all principality, far above all power and might and dominion, and every name that is named, 
not only in this age, but also in that which is to come. Not only in the physical world, but in the eternal world as well. And he put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things. The church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all. Y'all are clapping, just be reading the Bible because it's all right there in the Bible. That's something to get excited about. Amen. All dominion, all authority, all power over all the subject to subjugate the enemy by every name that is named. I don't care what it is. You can't lose with this Jesus. Supernatural assistance comes for those who speak the name of Jesus. Many of you heard my story before. And, uh, I always tell it anyways. I don't care how many heard it because it's my story and I won't tell it. In my microphone, I'm going to go ahead and sleep. Pick it up. I'm going to tell the truth. And I was invited to go to the Philippines. And when I was in the Philippines, I uh, was with a missionary, and we had a lot of equipment, and we split the equipment up, and we ended up going to two different uh, taxis at the time. And uh, if you could call them taxis, they were kind of like uh, motorcycles with side carts and a back cart. And, um, and so um, he, he ended up going before me. He said, I'll meet you at the bus station. So I got this guy to get me to go to the bus station. I got all this equipment with me, right? I'm already not comfortable with all this stuff. I've never been in this country before in my life. And I'm young, and, and, and so I, I wasn't sure. I just was following his instructions. So I end up, uh, end up um, telling him uh, to drop me off. He, he wasn't going the right direction. I kept seeing the buses going a different direction. I said, follow the bus. Follow me. He said, oh, I'll take you to the bus. I said, follow the bus. So he ended up following the bus, and it takes us right to the bus station. But he's mad at me because he wanted to take me for a long fare so he'd get more money out of the white guy. Come on, so say amen. So here we are, and... Um, and so we go, we go in, we, we, he, he says, I, I, I said, well, take me to the bus. He says, no, I'll drop you off here. And he says, whatever it was, how many pesos it was. So um, I gave him the money. He drops me off. I'm still about a block and a half away. I can see the bus station, but I'm so far away from behind the bus station that I'm, I'm really close to um, the bush, they call it, the jungle. And I mean, literally, there's like a, a dirt road, and right after that is this thick jungle. I'm, st I'm, just, I'm just there. I'm like, how am I going to carry all this stuff? So I thought, I'll just have to wait. If I can see him, I'll try to flag him down. But nobody can see me. So I'm thinking, how is this going to happen? Well, all of a sudden, um, all of a sudden, I see these men come up out of the bush. And they, they weren't like, you know, from Wall Street. I'm just going to put it to you that way. They were different kind of people, right? I saw them. They had crossed. They had the, those, um, those, uh, the, the bullets across their chest. They had the machetes, machetes in, uh, in, their, in, their, in their pouches. They had guns. Uh, they, they, they were right out of the bush, and there was like eight or nine of them. And so here they come towards me. They're talking to each other, whistling to each other. Come on. Here they come, and I know they're going to rob me. All I'm thinking is my life. I got a little baby boy that was just born at that, that he was just, well, he was maybe a year old. And, uh, and I got a wife at home. I'm just trying to make it home. So I know they're coming to rob me. So I just stand, I stand my ground. And they, start, and they surround me. And they're talking to each other, right? I start saying, in, under my breath, in the name of Jesus. Father, in the name of Jesus. I start speaking in tongues. In the name of Jesus. But when I'm saying the name of Jesus over and over, all of a sudden, I felt a hand on my shoulder, squeezed my shoulder, big hand, my left shoulder, and squeezed it. And I thought, oh, the missionary showed up. He's here because he's a big guy. So I went, great. As soon as I felt that squeeze, these men had the most confused look. They backed up for a second, looked at each other, and all of a sudden they were like, like this and went right back into the bush. I thought, what in the world just happened? I turned around to ask the guy I'm with what just happened. I turned around, nobody's there. 
But church, I still could feel the hand on my shoulder. Squeeze it. I turn around, nobody's there. Those men, I don't know what they're going to do. They just, just rob me or hurt me or whatever. But God had a plan. And the name of Jesus is higher than any other force on earth. And wh why am I saying that? Because God will send you supernatural help out of heaven called angels. Even if you just whisper his name, he will show up. Somebody say amen to that. Angels assist those who will inherit salvation, the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 1. Angels help minister cleansing and purging, Isaiah chapter 6. Angels assist in the healing ministry. They're here tonight in John chapter 5. Uh, angels bring breakthrough and deliverance in Acts chapter 5. Um, angels give guidance and direction in Acts chapter 5. They administer judgment in Acts chapter 12. They bring prophetic direction and assurance in difficult situations in Acts chapter 27. You can go back on the podcast and get all this information. Um, they give divine protection from evil and danger in Psalms 91. They provide physical strength in Luke chapter 22. They obey the voice of the word of God in Psalms chapter 103. They deliver a word or a message from God in Matthew uh, chapter 1 uh, verse 20. Luke 1 13, Revelation 1 1. They separate the wicked from the righteous in Matthew chapter 13 49. Uh, they gather the elect at the end of the, of the end of the age in Matthew 24, 30. They rejoice when somebody repents of sin. When people get saved in this church, the Bible says all of heaven rejoices, Luke 15, 10. They deliver the law or the word of God, Acts chapter 7, 53, Galatians 3, 19, Hebrews 2, 2. They worship God themselves in Hebrews 1, 6. They're subservient to Jesus. They come under his authority in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 22. They also have individual names in Luke 9, 19. Uh, I'm sorry, Luke 1, 19. They have their own language, 1 Corinthians 13, 1. Uh, they can manifest in human form, Hebrews 13, 2. They appear in dreams and visions, Matthew 2, 13. Uh, and are, they're also described as being wind and also flames of fire in Hebrews 1, 7. And they will never contradict the gospel of Jesus Christ in Galatians 1, 8. And that's so important because as we see more angels manifest in these last days, and they will, and they come to us, they will not contradict what the word has already said. They're not here to create another religion. So we say amen. That's a fallen angel. That comes from Lucifer. And speaking of him, the Bible says in Colossians 2.15, having disarmed Jesus on the cross, disarmed principalities and powers. He made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over, triumphing over them in it. Satan has no power over the believer, over you or me. None whatsoever. The only authority he has is the authority we grant him. He walks about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. He has to have permission to devour someone's life. You have to allow that to happen. Uh, you've, got to, you've got to know how your enemy operates, church. i got a few things here I want to share with you. Uh, there's characteristics of the enemy. Um, he was created, Satan was created by God, but not, not equal to God, obviously. He defies God and despises the truth. That's uh, John 8, 44. Um, he was given limited power in Job 1, 8. Commands a hierarchy of demons, Ephesians 6. 
uh, masquerades as an angel of light, 2 Corinthians 11. Plans to steal, kill, and destroy, John 10.10. 10. Rules the masses outside of God's protection, Ephesians 2. Keeps seeking an opportune time to tempt you and me, Luke chapter 4. Tries to hide the actual truth about who God is to try to blind the minds of the believer, 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Offers counterfeit promises that he cannot fulfill, Genesis 3, 4. Twists scriptures to fit his purpose. You know, the devil knows the word. He has zero revelation of it. All he has is the understanding of it like, a, like, like it would be like a law book. That's all he knows. He doesn't have the revelation that you and I have with his word, but he knows it better than most Christians ever will. So he twists it. Uh, also, uh, Satan will suffer the fate that he deserves, according to Revelation chapter 20, verse 10. He has specific methods uh, that he uses. He uses surprise uh, as an attack. In Exodus chapter 17, 8, he attacks at the point of our weaknesses, according to 1 John chapter 2. He attacks at the point of our strengths as well, 1 Corinthians chapter 21. He uses aggression, 1 Peter 5, 8. He steals the good seed that was sown in us, Matthew 13. He sows tares, the children of evil, into our lives, Matthew 13, 38. That's why you've got to make sure you're in the right relationships. Not everybody's supposed to be in your life. Uh, he inflicts diseases, Job 2 and Luke 13. He initiates death and destruction, Job 1. He brings accusations against the believers, Revelation 12, 10. You know the revelation I got on that. The only way he can bring an accusation against you and me is through you and me. Because no, he no longer has access to God. So if he's, giving, if, he's, if he's accusing us before God day and night, the only way he can do that is through those who have access to him. Okay, that's why we've got to watch our mouths. We've got to love our brothers and our sisters. We've got to help them. <laughs> I want a church that loves people. I don't kick people when they're down. We don't throw people away. We work with them. We help them. We do the best we can. Uh, he induces mental and emotional disorders. We've seen that over and over again. Uh, he has, he has, uh, the enemy has weapons. He uses lies and deceptions to confuse people. Genesis chapter 3, 4, 1 Kings chapter 13, uh, 18. He doesn't know how to speak the truth. He is the father of lies. That's why, you gotta, that's why you cannot go by just your emotions. you got to check it to the truth of God's Word. What does God's Word say on it? So congratulations, you're in an environment hearing the Word of God so you can put things in check. When you read the Word of God, it puts things in check. Amen, somebody. Lies and deceptions, the enemy always uses that as a choice weapon. Um, unrighteousness he'll use. When we've been made the righteous of God in Christ Jesus, he's always doing what? Trying to give us unrighteous or wrong thoughts. So why? He'll sow the seed so we'll act on the wrong thought and move into an area of sin. When we move into an area of sin, it's much more difficult to deal with that than it is just to say, I'm not going to think that way. I'm going to renew my thoughts. But once I put the action into motion, yes, I can ask God to forgive us, but now I have a proclivity now. I have something now that my body's used to, my, my mind is used to, that I've already done. So I want to keep going back to the same thing. Just me. Okay, now the rest of y'all. Y'all too righteous for me. Amen. Wrong thoughts will move into an area of action in sin. Sin will keep you in a place of what? Condemnation, guilt, and shame. 
When the devil gets you to a place of condemnation, guilt, and shame, you will begin to believe you're no good, you're nothing, you're a lowly worm, you don't know if God will forgive you, and every time you mess up, you go, you say things like, God, I know you've heard this a thousand times, you probably don't even want to be bothered with it, I'm just a sinner, Lord God, I, I messed up so much, I guess I can't get back in good graces. That's not what the Word of God says. If Jesus commanded you to forgive your brother seven times 70 every single day, how much more can the one who offered the mercy give you forgiveness when you ask? Why am I preaching better than you're shouting? Why won't you clap for that? Come on, somebody. You ought to get happy about that. If you're new here, I believe in audience participation, if you can't see that already. Hallelujah. Also, uh, he moves in the area of condemnation and accusation. We mentioned that a moment ago, Job chapter 4, Nehemiah 6. Um, uh, we also have, um, he moves in the area of fear. And fear brings what? Torment. You don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. You get tormented by it. You're not sure how this job job interview is going to go. You get tormented by it. If I come back to church, I get tormented. What are they going to think if I come back? There's all kinds of things that happen. Fear, false evidence appearing real. The devil will make it look like it's real when it's not even real, y'all. But it's real because the, the truth is fear is real, but the thing we're fearing, the actual thing, is not. So what does it do? It puts worry in us. Worry moves into a place of anxiety. And we get so anxious and, we, and it messes things in our bodies up and all kinds of problems. The devil, let me tell you something, he is far gone. No doubt about that. But he is not an idiot when it comes to warfare. He knows what buttons to push. But we had to learn to push back. Come on, somebody. So we move into faith. We get out of fear and faith. We're in, we're in condemnation, accusation. We move into peace. We're in unrighteousness. We move into righteousness. Somebody say Amen. Okay, the next thing he does is he wants to destroy. He doesn't seek just to put you down. He seeks to destroy. He's on a mission to take you out, but he cannot. He, look, he's so dumb in that area, he thinks he can take God out. He still thinks he can do it. He's never done it, but he still thinks he can. The boy at least will try. Why do we give up? He's working overtime, y'all. We just give up. Man, I wish I'd get better shouts in this place tonight. I'm preaching again on Sunday, I think, just so I can get some more shouts. I'm just trying to tell you, we're letting the devil walk on us like we're the welcome mat, and he just kind of just, you know, hey. I can, no, whoa, 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 whoa. Man, when the devil comes at you, stand your ground. And say, in the name of Jesus, get out. No destruction. When God has given me salvation, he's already saved me from destruction. Boy, but if he can get me to believe it, I'm going down. Now my actions are in line with the thought he planted in my head. And now all of a sudden, my, 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 all my life begins to move in the direction of destruction rather than life and salvation. Amen. Another uh, thing is that he begins to give us what I would call another word. So in other words, we have the word of God. Or we have a word of God from prophecy that we, that we have from the Lord. And he gives us something else, um, which does what? It, it begins to move in us other opinions, um, strange doctrines, um, man, man's traditions. You find that in Galatians chapter 1, verse 6. 
How do we counter that? Again, we counter that with the Word of God. And then lastly, um, he begins to hit us with distractions. If there's anything I have seen more than anything else in the body of Christ, out of anything that I know of, the most demonic thing I have seen that comes across, across the body is distractions. When we will learn that that is one of his greatest tactics that he uses against us. We're going good. We're flying. We're going with God. Things are going good. And all of a sudden, he just dangles the little carrot over here. Whoa. Now we're off doing that. We had our prayer times down. We had our Bible reading time down. We were going to church on the steady. We were making, we were making great strides. And all of a sudden, we get distracted with something that was shiny and something we really wanted. And that's how he'll do it every single time to get us off course. He's never stopped. He'll do it with entertainment. He'll, I mean, you know, sometimes I just deserve a break today. You know, that's usually the day you think you need a break is the day you got to get before God and start interceding. That's usually the moment you need a, you need a, you don't need a break. You need a breakthrough. Amen, somebody. And, and let me just say this. Another uh, distraction is, is addictions. We get addicted to stuff, and we don't give it to God. Or we give it to God one week, and we pick it back up the next week. That, that stuff we don't need in our life. If pornography is addiction in your life, I'm not here to condemn you, but I'm here to tell you, you know it's, it's blowing a hole in your soul. You know it's as empty as it can possibly be. You know you feel terrible after it's all said and done. Then my, my suggestion to you is say, Lord, help me, and I've got to throw my computer away. I'll do that before allowing the devil come in my life to destroy it and take it. Amen. Addiction to, to alcohol. Addiction to drugs. Amen. I know they're saying a lot of good things about, about um, uh, marijuana now and, and, uh, and all that stuff. And I'm, I'm sure there's great studies. And then I'm, I don't have a problem with the, with the medication part. When we're doing stuff recreational, let me just tell you about anything you get high. When you get high... You're not using it for muscle aches now. You're not using the oil they, they extract. And that stuff, they, they say it's, it's, it's stuff that's great because that's natural. That's good. But when you're using it to open your mind, drugs and alcohol allow the devil. It's a gateway for the enemy to come into your world. You, would, you allow things in. You would not accustom, be accustomed to allowing in. Well, it doesn't hurt anybody. Well, I'm just here to tell you uh, that's not true. That's not true. The ancient world understood drugs. They understood that when they use it, it would open up to the spirit. They would say that. Do you know the American Indians, but not most of them, not all of them, but most of them would use drugs to get into the spirit world. They didn't come up with all that stuff by themselves. They were opened up to demonic possession and oppression. They didn't know it. They thought it was just the spirit, the sky spirit and the sun spirit, all that other stuff. But actually, it was demonic. That's every culture and creed. It will open you up to crazy stuff. Um, laziness is, a, is, is also one of those things that will distract you. Come on. We, we got to, you got to stay busy and you got to keep busy and keep moving forward. Amen? Amen. We have been given power and authority over the enemy that at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow. Last verse, Hebrews 2.14, And as much then as the children have partaken of flesh and blood, he himself likewise shared in the same that through death he might destroy him who had the power of death, that is the devil. Everybody say, we've got the victory.